hi, this is Glenn Rawson. One of the most powerful ways to share history and heritage is by the telling of stories. We began sharing inspiring stories nearly 30 years ago. Each of those stories is true and was intended to inspire and strengthen faith. Over the years, those stories have reached millions around the world. This podcast is for you to listen, learn, and enjoy. I promised you a second story about the adversary tonight, and this is it. Now, I apologize if these stories hurt some people, because I know that you don't make a habit out of talking about the adversary, because that invites him in. But these two stories are both recorded in the history of the church. There's a reason that they're there, and they should be understood. Probably not discussed at length, but they should be understood. If any of you doubt that Lucifer has power, pay attention. If any of you wonder if the Lord has greater power, please observe. In September 1831, Joseph and Emma Smith, at the invitation of John and Elsa Johnson that I talked about last time, moved into the Johnson home in Hiram, Ohio, to have a place to work on the translation of the Bible. In the short term, Sidney Rigdon was left in Kirtland to preside. This is one of those wonderful accounts left to us by Philo Dibble. Philo lived in Kirtland at the time, and he says, On one occasion, he, Sidney, said the keys of the kingdom were taken from us. This evidently happened in a public meeting while he was preaching. On hearing this, many of his hearers, Philo said, wept. And when someone undertook to dismiss the meeting by prayer, Sidney said praying would do them no good, and the meeting broke up in confusion. Brother Hiram came to my house, Philo said, the next morning and told me all about it, and said it was false, and that the keys of the kingdom were still with us. He wanted my carriage and horses to go to the town of Hiram and bring Joseph. The word went abroad among the people immediately that Sidney was going to expose Mormonism. Well, Joseph came up to Kirtland a few days afterward and held a meeting in a large barn. Nearly all the inhabitants of Kirtland turned out to hear him. The barn was filled with people and others unable to get inside stood around the door as far as they could hear. Joseph arose in our midst, Philo said, and spoke in mighty power, saying, quote, I can contend with wicked men and devils, yes, with angels. No power can pluck those keys from me except the power that gave them to me. That was Peter, James, and John. But for what Sidney has done, the devils shall handle him as one man handles another. I think the meaning there that's 19th century is manhandle. In other words, rough him up. Thomas B. Marsh, his wife was in that meeting. She left immediately and told Sidney what Joseph had said in the meeting, and Sidney replied, Is it possible that I have been so deceived? But if Joseph says so, it is so. End of quote. Then Philo finishes the narrative. About three weeks later, Sidney was on his bed 
when suddenly an unseen power lifted him off the bed and threw him across the room. It then seized upon him and threw him all over the room. The family heard the commotion and ran in to see Sidney being thrown about the room. Philo said, quote, From the effects of which Sidney was laid up for five or six weeks, thus was Joseph's prediction in regard to him verified. End of quote. That's Philo Dibble, juvenile instructor, January 1st, 1892. So again, don't underestimate the evil one, especially now. There's a danger. Not only does the Lord not wink at our sins, he is patient with our weakness, but not our rebellion. Be careful and don't take Lucifer for granted by flirting in his territory. Enough said, and I won't come back to the subject. President Nelson and others of the brethren have repeatedly taught in conference that repentance is a precious gift to be used daily. Now, that caused a paradigm shift for me. Repentance is not a series of checked-off steps, and then we're done, and we do this once in a lifetime. No, or after we've committed a major sin. No. Repentance, President Nelson taught, is the act of turning away. Repentance is less of an event and more of an ongoing, continual process of turning our life around and getting on the covenant path. Perhaps this story of my stupidity will serve as an illustration. Again, sorry if you have to put up with this, but it's another one of these driving stories that taught me a great lesson. I was driving a truck. Now, these trucks that I drove grossed out at about 105,000 pounds. They were 80 to 100 feet long, and they weighed, and there were two trailers. So there was two hinge points in these rigs. I was driving one of these trucks, hauling bulk cement, and I was sent to a place near Burley, Idaho, that I'd never been before. Well, I arrived at this place at 5 o'clock in the morning, and of course, it's dark. Now, it needs to be understood that these rigs that I was driving, they're very difficult, if not outright impossible, to back up for very far. It's a cardinal rule with these rigs. Whatever you drive into, you better be able to drive it out forward because you won't be able to back it out. Well, I pulled into this place. And by the way, if you want a concept of what it's like to back one of these up, take a piece of wet spaghetti and try to push it. Okay? It's like pushing wet spaghetti or herding cats to back one of these things up. Well, my first mistake when I pulled into the plant was that I didn't stop and ask for directions to the unloading site. I scanned the layout as I'd done for so many decades and thought, I got this, I know right where I'm supposed to go, even though I'd never been there. So I confidently motored into the plant and went on around the backside. Within moments, I had driven into a pinch point. 
a dead end with a deep canal on one side and railroad tracks on the other. I couldn't go forward and I couldn't back up. There was no room to turn around. I couldn't even break the rig down and get it out that way. I tried every trick I've learned over the last 30 some years one driving these things, but the more I struggled, the tighter I wedged that truck into that spot. Finally, after putting a dent, a small one, in the trailer, I had to concede defeat. I wasn't going to get this thing out without help. Fortunately, a man saw my plight and came with a large front end loader and helped me get the trailers out of there and situated in such a way that I could get out and go on with my business. I left feeling like a fool. I knew better. I never did it again. I got into tight spots, but I always got myself out. My dear friends, sin is always a dead end. Don't go down uncharted roads. If you're not sure, ask for directions. The best course is to turn away before you get there. But if you find yourself in trouble, don't try to go on and fight your way out of it. You will only do more damage to yourself and probably the people around you. Go to the Lord and his authorized agents. They have the tools and the knowledge to get you out and guide you to safety and guide you. He will. I assure you, you are engraven on the palms of his hands. He will not leave you in the mess you created. Going on. I think you'll understand what I mean by this next story. One of the ways I know how much the Lord loves us, the Savior, is by the awesome feeling of love I get when I'm close to him. My love for my family, my love for you, my friends. I want you to know that it is my witness that his love and devotion to us are beyond mortal powers to describe. They are real. Nephi spoke of being filled with his love under the consuming of my flesh. That love is real. His devotion is real. We cannot say enough of his love for us and of our, your worth to him. I believe, and I don't know if I can say this right, but I believe if we really knew how deeply the Father and the Son love us, it would change us forever. We probably would be a little less inclined to sin and be reckless. After his resurrection, the Lord Jesus led his disciples out to the Mount of Olives, where he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked, steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. 
That's the promise. He will come back as he went up. And today, we live for that day. I think it's safe to say, you have governed your whole life around that moment when you meet him again, whether it be beyond the veil or whether it be on this side of the veil at the second coming. That moment of meeting governs our lives. We live for that day when he will descend in power and glory. However, what many do not know is that this was not the last time the Lord's feet touched the earth, the Mount of Olives. Sometime after the Lord's ascension, there was a large group of his disciples gathered together in a place called Bountiful in the Americas. These were his people. They were gathered at the temple discussing him and the great events that had come when suddenly they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven. They looked around but could not understand what the voice was saying. The voice pierced them to the very center, causing their hearts to burn and their bodies to quake all over. The voice came again and again. They did not understand it. But when the voice came the third time, they understood and they looked up. Behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. President Nelson has spoken of that a great deal. As that congregation looked up, they saw a man clothed in a white robe and descending out of heaven. He came down and stood in the midst of them. No one spoke. They thought it was an angel. Every eye was fixed on him. He stretched out his hand and said, Behold, I am Jesus Christ, whom the prophets testified shall come into the world. And suddenly they knew him and remembered that it had been promised that Christ should show himself unto them after his ascension into heaven. And all at once and all of them fell to the earth. Arise, he bid them. And come forth unto me that ye may thrust your hands into my side, and also that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet, that ye may know that I am the God of Israel and the God of the whole earth, and have been slain for the sins of the world. And I love what happens next. Each of them, one by one, went forth and touched those sacred wounds until they had all gone forth. Every person saw, every person felt, and every person knew of a certainty that he was Jesus the Christ. So overwhelming was that moment that in unison they cried out, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God, and once more, they fell at his feet and worshipped him. Jesus would teach them the rest of that day. 
and then towards the end of that day as he was about to depart. He invited them to come forward again and bring all those who were afflicted in any manner, the lame, the dumb, the injured, anyone, everyone that was afflicted. And they brought them up and he healed them one by one. And this time they fell at his feet and as many as could come bathed his feet with their tears. All their lives they had lived for him, waited for him, and now he was here and one by one and one at a time he had time for them, and he still does. Will his kindness and compassion for you be any less now and at his second coming? No. President Benson taught, if you would know what will be like at Jesus' second coming, look at what it was like at his first coming. Isaiah said that when the Lord comes again, so great will be his loving kindness towards those of you who have kept the faith that we will not even remember the afflictions of our former mortal world. My dear friends, I bear witness of the living reality of our Heavenly Father of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the truthfulness of what I've said. Thank you for listening. Many of the stories you heard today have been published and are archived at glenrossonstories.com. If you would like more information, you can communicate with us there. We will be back again with another podcast next week. <laughs>